2023 in review, where we've been and where we're going, a conversation with the healthcare experts at Quality Insights. This webinar included a visual PowerPoint presentation. To view a video recording, visit the link in the description of this podcast. Good afternoon and welcome to our series of webinars focused on bringing you information about COVID-19 related topics. The information in these weekly webinars is geared toward long-term care and skilled nursing facilities, but we encourage everyone who's interested to attend. My name is Kathy Caudill. I'm a communications specialist with Quality Insights. Today's webinar topic is 2023 in review, where we've been and where we're going. Now I'd like to introduce our panel for today. Our quality improvement specialists, Penny Imes, Patty Austin, Shirley Sullivan, and Deborah Wright are here. And we're also joined by our infection preventionist, Jennifer Brown. Uh, welcome, everyone. And Penny, I think you will get us started. Yeah, thank you, Kathy. And for anyone who might not be familiar with us, we will introduce ourselves as we go along. I'm Penny Imes, um, Quality Improvement Specialist. And we're happy to have everyone here today to look at 2023. As our nursing home team was making our plans for 2024, which I know it's hard to believe 2024 is almost here. Um, so we're talking about where we want to go in 2024 with our nursing homes. And of course, I think it's natural for everybody to just sort of reflect back on where they've been in the past year as we're planning on moving forward. We took a quick look at some of the initiatives that we worked on with our participating nursing homes after last year. And we thought this would be a good opportunity with all of you who are joining us today to look at some of the things that we've done, um, share with you some of the recorded resources that we are recorded webinars that we have from the past year, resources that we have. You'll see that we'll be sharing links to where you can find some of the resources so that you can join us in looking over some of the areas that we've covered over the past year. So when we started this project, which this statement of work started in November of 2019, um, and it seems almost like a lifetime ago, especially since COVID, we are now looking at those nursing home initiatives that we started working on in 2019 with CMS. And they were the opioid misuse and utilization which is really looking at trying to decrease those opioid adverse drug events. The patient safety, which looked at decreasing hospitalizations due to adverse drug events. And we looked at medications that were higher risk for our population and then decreasing hospitalizations related to specific facility acquired infections like C. diff, COVID, sepsis, UTI, and pneumonia. And then the care coordination was really looking at how do we decrease those preventable ED visits and 30-day readmissions to hospitals. And then our other initiatives were immunizations and infections related to um, influenza, pneumococcal, and COVID. So looking at the infections and how to treat them, prevent them through immunizations. And then training was another focus and making sure that our nursing homes are actually completing CMS-approved infection control and prevention training. So I'm going to get started with the first area that we covered over the past year, 
the patient safety 2023-24, um, our weekly webinars that we did throughout 2023 are uh, available on our website, which we will be sharing our website with you. Um, they're available on our website for download throughout 2023, starting back in March uh, and moving through the rest of the year. We had weekly webinars on sepsis, uh, multidrug resistant organisms, adverse drug event risk and how to prevent it, urinary tract in infection prevention and treatment. We just finished up the antipsychotic med reduction webinar. And next week we'll be moving, as Kathy stated, we'll be moving into the anticoagulant um, webinar. And in addition to webinars, we also had some work groups. There was a readmissions work group, pilot work group, where we focused on infections, which are part of patient safety. As we move further along, uh, our Patty is going to be talking more uh, about the uh, work groups. So I'm going to let her cover those. We do have upcoming work groups in 2024 that we'll be looking at um, care coordination as well as patient safety. And again, Patty's going to cover that. And then we're looking into an on-demand platform for 2024 that will include free uh, continuing ed credits. And you'll be hearing more about that as we move into the new year. And then some of the resources that we have available uh, on managing some of those areas, uh, the anticoagulants, how to manage my blood thinners, antipsychotic medication tip sheet. And again, we'll be sharing our uh, where our resources can be found. So that's sort of an overview of patient safety, where we were, where we're going, and we're going to move on to Shirley, who will be talking about opioids. Thank you, Penny. Um, good afternoon, everyone. So like Penny said, I'm gonna go over and review some of the work that we've done this year and then upcoming opportunities for 2024 on reducing um, opioid utilization and opioid adverse drug events. Now we have had many webinars throughout the year, um, some hosted by us and others in collaboration with other organizations, but there is one webinar series that I wanted to point out that we have been doing in collaboration with other QuinQIOs throughout the country. And this series is called Insurance Medication for Opioid Use Disorder Treatment Through the Care Continuum. Now these uh, monthly webinars started back in September of 2023 and they're gonna go over to next year into April, 2024. And the series kind of follows it from the patient being inpatient in the hospital to being in the nursing home and then also in the community. And in February and March of next year, our medical director, Dr. Storm, um, will present two of the sessions in the series on management of patients on uh, medication for opioid use disorder during a nursing home stay. And these two sessions will review, you know, admission assessment and treatment, addressing stigma, um, and naloxone training. So if you haven't had a chance to join the series, um, I do have a link here that you can click on the register and I would you know, certainly recommend that you join that. And then uh, also this year, we've held two uh, pilot opioid work groups uh, working with nursing homes in both Pennsylvania and West Virginia. The focus of the work groups were um, one, to attempt to reduce the number of residents receiving opioids concurrently with benzodiazepines and other high-risk medications. 
We also wanted to help create a taper schedule for residents admitted to the facility with orders for opioids who were not receiving the opioids prior to their hospitalization. And then also the work group worked on um, utilizing appropriate screening tools for opioid use disorder for certain residents. Um, now, there are two resources that were particularly helpful uh, for facilities during these work groups. Um, one uh, is the opioid risk assessment tool, um, and that is used with admissions and readmissions to assess a resident's risk of opioid dependence. And then also the opioid reduction review, and that helps um, kind of help you track and review your individual residents and their opioid reduction. And you know, through these work groups and utilizing these tools, we have seen that many facilities were able to reduce opioids in the resident population. So it really was good to see. And yeah, you know, we really want to congratulate all those facilities that participated. So moving into January 2024, we will be starting two more opioid work groups. These again will focus on effectively managing opioid use within your facility. So if you're interested in joining the work group, I have the link listed here. And then also, you know, if you're not able to participate in a work group, but you're interested in reducing opioids or looking into what the opioid reduction plan is about, you can, you know, we can also work with you one-on-one -on -one so you can reach out to your individual QIS, um, or if you'd like, you can put your contact information in the chat and we can reach out to you. Um, and then again, if you have any questions about the work group, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'll put my contact information in the chat. And, you know, ultimately, I just want to thank everyone for all the good work you guys do. Thanks, Shirley. And we're going to move on to immunizations with our IP, Jennifer Brown. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Jennifer Brown. I'm an infection preventionist um, on the Quality Insights team. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about some of our work around immunizations. So one of the... Um, things that we're really working on is increasing vaccination rates across the board. So we're looking at influenza vaccination rates, uh, pneumococcal vaccination rates, uh, COVID-19 vaccination rates for residents and staff. We are currently um, doing an immunization campaign to help facilities get information out about vaccines. Um, and here we have a fun video that can be shared with uh, your residents to highlight the importance of staying up to date with immunizations. So we're going to play that now. Get in the immunozone. Tackle disease head on by staying up to date on immunizations. Don't want to get sidelined by illness? Let's see if you have what it takes to get into the immunozone. It looks like our first opponent is the flu. Influenza can lead to health complications and even hospitalization. The CDC recommends getting a flu shot every year to fight the flu. That's right, and for seniors age 65 and older, it's best to get a high-dose formula for extra strength. She dodged him! Even though she has had a previous dose, she will need the updated 2023-2024 COVID vaccine to stand up against the latest strains of the virus. The CDC recommends everyone ages six months and older get the updated COVID-19 vaccine if it has been at least two months since your previous vaccine. 
She got him again. Oh boy, now she's up against RSV. Thankfully, we have a new line of defense against respiratory syncytial virus. That's right. In past years, you'd have had to fight RSV on your own. But now there's an RSV vaccine available for adults ages 60 and older. She's on a roll! Oh boy, this is a nasty opponent, pneumonia. There are a few vaccines that can fight pneumonia. The one you need depends on age, medical status, and whether you've had a pneumococcal vaccine before. People age 65 or older who have not already received a pneumococcal conjugate vaccine should either get a two-dose series of PCV-15 followed by PPSV-23 or a single dose of PCV-20. Your doctor should coach you on which dose is best for you. She did it! Touchdown! She made it to the Immunozone, and you can too. Stay up to date with the latest immunization resources by visiting the link in the description box below. I just love that little video. That's so cute. It's such a fun thing to share with, with your, your staff and your team. Thanks, Penny. So, yes, the um, video that we just showed um, is available on YouTube and also on our brand new vaccination landing page which has all of uh, our resources related to vaccines in one uh, concise area. And you can download resources uh, for assistance in all of your vaccination efforts there. So on the page, uh, we do have, like I said, tons of resources related to vaccines. One is the COVID-19 vaccine schedule. Uh, which has the most up-to-date information about the 2023-2024 COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, we also have this um, resource related to RSV vaccines, uh, which has some information about, you know, who should receive the vaccine, side effects, and where to receive the vaccine. We have our pneumococcal vaccination algorithm and our adult immunization toolkit for clinicians. Now this resource uh, has been updated to include the uh, most up-to-date information about the COVID-19 vaccines and updates to other vaccine um, guidance. Uh, it also has new sections regarding, you know, setting up a vaccine clinic and also strategies to deal with vaccine hesitancy. Another resource that we have is the Vaccine Tracking Worksheet, which uh, has a section for pneumococcal, influenza, and coming in 2024, there are going to be updates to the vaccine tracker uh, to include COVID-19 uh, based on some feedback that we have received from facilities who have downloaded the tracker. Uh, in addition to those updates, we'll also have a brand new resource uh, called the Staff Vaccination Toolkit, which will have information about addressing vaccine hesitancy um, in staff and, you know, strategies to increase vaccination rates overall. Um, we also have uh, lots of new resources to support vaccination efforts upcoming in 2024. And with that, I'll pass it on to Deborah Wright to talk about training. 
Thanks, Jen. And I won't spend a whole lot of time so that uh, Patty has lots of time to talk about some great upcoming care coordination things that we have going on. But this is just a reminder that there are great resources out there as you are working on your, not only your COVID-19 infection control training, but just basic general infection control training with your staff. So we know that there's um, great platforms out there that some of you use, but if you don't have those, um, CMS has um, their training site, which is on their QCEP, which is Quality Safety Education Portal, and it has um, targeted COVID-19 training there, as well as just a diverse array of other topics, um, whether it's hand hygiene, dementia training, infection control. Um, They they have a lot of training um, that's available on their their training platform, but also Project First Line. So Project First Line um, works with CDC, They have a wealth of information. We've created two interactive resources, one that's um, purely COVID-driven, as well as one that's um, just general overview infection control training. But what's really great about Project First Line is they have facilitator toolkits. So if you only have 10 minutes to do training on infection control, they have basically lesson plans that, okay, if you have 10 minutes, here's the down and dirty that you need to cover in 10 minutes. But if you have an hour, now here's what you could co- cover in an hour. And it's it's a lesson plan that will walk you through their trainings. They have short videos, um, posters, signage that you can put up throughout their facility, as well as staff that will come to the facility and do an overview of your ICAR and your infection control processes and and provide education to the staff. So I know we have been reaching out to you to see what best practices you follow when you're doing your infection control training. And we have heard from the majority of you. There are still a few that um, we are still trying to reach and get in touch with. So if we do do that outreach, um, we know you're doing the training. We just want to give you credit for what you're doing and um, take a look at what best practices you're following with that. So with that, I will turn it over to Patty to talk about all the great things going on with care coordination. Thanks, Deb. So I get the fun today of talking for a couple of minutes about care coordination, or in this case, care coordination as it relates to reducing those avoidable 30-day rehospitalizations and potentially avoidable emergency department trips. And really everything that we've talked about already today has the potential to result in a trip to the hospital if it's not managed well. And even that's just the tip of the iceberg. So in order to make 2023 get the most bang for our buck, so to speak, the first thing that we had to do was to figure out where we were going to put our focus on helping you all to reduce those rates. So we took a look at the data to see what the key drivers of rehospitalizations and emergency department trips were. And then the next thing that we needed to do was to decide what we felt was going to be an effective way to make sure that what we were bringing to you would have value for you. And that's kind of how 2023 became the year of the care coordination work groups. 2023 brought us three separate care coordination work groups, each lasting for between eight and 12 weeks. The very first work group that we did focused on adverse events that could result in rehospitalizations 
and all of the processes that surround those events. And it really was, it was a fantastic group of participants. And due to the interaction of the participating nursing homes and what they were able to bring to the table, we were able to identify some best practices and then share those with nursing homes across both West Virginia, West Virginia and Pennsylvania. We were also able to clearly see those things that we thought would work within a small work group setting that really didn't. And then we used that information to kind of reformat our next work groups. Those next work groups focused on infections that led to adverse events. And as recommended by one of our original participants, fall prevention and the effort of reducing falls that potentially could lead to emergency department trips or rehospitalizations. So the very first revisions that we made based on what we saw in that first group surrounded the data that we were asking our facilities to submit. The input that we got was that sometimes that data was a little bit cumbersome. So we were able to condense what we were asking for to make sure that we were able to support what we needed to do to make sure the work groups were being um, beneficial without being overly burdensome to the facilities. We then also, based on facility feedback, added additional scenarios into each session to kind of facilitate participation and further discussion. Each of those work groups focused not only on the specific targeted adverse event, but it also incorporated the use of the QAPI process and looked for areas of potential risk beginning at the point of referral and then running the whole way through 30 days post-discharge from our facilities. We looked at things like end-of-life care planning and communication techniques actually wound through each of our sessions to make sure that we were communicating well, both as receivers of information and providers of information. So those work groups were really able to realize some pretty amazing improvements, as well as to serve to help us to continue to plan for future offerings. And as the work groups were ongoing, we also continued to provide one-on-one -on -one support to individual facilities and increase awareness of the need to kind of refocus our attention on this hot topic by providing short webinars and resources throughout the year. So 2023 was enlightening and action-packed from a care coordination standpoint. And as we close out this year and we look toward 2024, we know we have to continue that effort. Due to the success that we were able to see using the small work groups, we have planned our first work group for 2024 to begin in late January. It's gonna focus on respiratory infections and urinary tract infections that result in adverse events. We continue to refine the data that we're asking for, again, to make sure that our success and the way that we capture our success is grounded in data, but not burdensome to the facilities who are giving their time to participate and we're going to continue to capitalize on the success of incorporating those scenarios, both fictional scenarios and those that are brought forward by our participants. And those are often the most interesting. This group is going to run for eight weeks and it will consist of four weeks of education, followed by four weeks of coaching calls. And we'll also continue to 
to promote awareness to the states as a whole by continuing to provide that one-on-one -on -one assistance. We are really excited to begin this next work group. You'll find in the weekly newsletter, the last minute lowdown, a holiday wish list that's going to help you prepare your facility to make readmissions and avoidable ER trips a priority in 2024. And you'll see on your screen now that there are a number of resources listed that are available to you on my Quality Insights resource page. Or you do have the option of asking your project coordinator to help you locate them if you're not able to find exactly what you're looking for. If this is an area you feel your facility would benefit from, keep your eyes on your inbox because an invitation to join will be coming to you soon. Or if you feel like you would benefit more from one-on-one -on -one consultation, just let us know and we are also happy to jump in with you and make 2024 a huge success. And with that, I'm going to hand it right back over to Penny. We would like to thank everybody for being here today, sharing some of our review, and then looking forward to having a lot of you join us in these improvement projects for 2024. And please, by all means, take advantage of the resources, webinars, and everything that we have to offer you, because that's part of why we're here. Mm -hmm. All right. I think I can go ahead and wrap this up. I'd like to thank all of our panelists for joining us today. And I thank all of you for joining us today and hope to see you back here again next week. You can check out our other interviews at qualityinsights.org slash QIN slash multimedia.